Blog Talk Radio. about it Mike it was uh, an outstanding week of racing always be Mickey was just on fire uh, the whole red mile was on fire how about the uh, the two-year-old from Linda Toscano uh, setting a world mark well uh, we'll try to get Linda on the show next week but we have just got an outstanding show on tap for you today Mike we're going to hear from trainer Jimmy Thacker from always be Mickey fame he's going to be joining us in just a few minutes to relive that monster effort from always be Mickey back in Sunday at the Red Mile. Plus, we're going to be joined by trainer Ron Burke at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Ron Burke, of course, the trainer of Foiled Again. And Mike, every single time uh, everybody thinks Foiled Again is is done, he comes up and does something like this. Another huge, huge effort, Mike, at Batavia in the Robert Kane Memorial. Yeah, he put in a monster, monster effort out there. He had come four wide from the back. Mike. He uh, got lucky a little bit with the fact that Melmera and um, another horse uh, not didn't clip heels. They locked wheels, and, uh, you know, that definitely helped. But it was a very well-timed drive by Kevin Cummings. We're also going to talk to Tommy Woodfin and Jason Rico, Mike, who they've come up with a harness racing computer game. It's going to be really interesting to hear from them. Track announcer at Pompano Park, Gabe Pruitt, will be on to highlight the week at Pompano Paula Wellwood will come on to talk about her Triple Crown winning horse, Marion Marauder. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a fantastic show. Well, Mike, it's time to take our first time out. Jimmy Tactor is waiting in the on-deck circle. We're going to hear from trainer Jimmy Tactor of Always Been Mickey. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At Bet America, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief, 
Any winners of a greatest stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with inquiry relief only at BetAmerica.com. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. Way to a two-length lead. Shambhala is tipped to the outside in second. All bets off racing in third. Always be Mickey is full out. Shambhala trying to track him down on the outside. All bets off on the far outside. Always be Mickey pacing home strongly. Shambhala second. Always be Mickey is heading down to the line. Always be Mickey in joined by Jimmy Thacker here in just a couple of minutes as he's going to take us through that unbelievable performance by uh, Always Be Mickey at the Red Mile on Sunday. And uh, Mike, I know you had a chance to watch the race. Uh, it came to the top of the stretch, was uh, feeling a little bit of pressure. Shambhala was actually a big, big part of that race, Mike. But uh, Always Be Mickey was able to turn it up a notch, crossing the line at 146. And Mike, you heard the crowd just go absolutely wild. Yeah, Mike, you know, it was interesting because I was umpiring a baseball game and I kept checking, you know, the red mile speed in between innings trying to see where exactly we were as far as it, where, as far as it was. And it's funny because the game ended 
just as they were stepping out of the racetrack. I said, perfect timing. Some of you guys might have seen me tweet it out <laughs> that uh, I was going to see it. But it was unreal. I sat in the parking lot and watched it, and it was just unreal. You hear the pure, raw emotion from Sam McKee. Uh, you know, Sam, he gets excited, but he never screams like that. And uh, it was definitely uh, a race of a lifetime, that's for sure. That's what we have to ask ourselves, Mike. And we have to get Sam McKee on this show because that was – uh, one of the one of the best race calls I've ever heard. To be quite honest with you, Mike, and and you know we talk about these awards that we do, and and by the way, those are coming up pretty soon. We'll have more information about that as the weeks go by. But uh, do I dare say? Do I dare say that that is going to be a finalist? If not right now, the prohibitive favorite. Now I know we still have a couple of months left, and. And, uh, you know, some announcer out there can strut their stuff, but you have to feel that right now that race call is one of the prohibitive favorites. Yeah, I would think so. You know, last year we had a uh, not really an unfair advantage, but Roger got the call of the year last year with, of course, Wigglet Jigglet versus Lost for Words. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with the race call of the year this year. But definitely Sam McKee uh, put in a big uh, put in a big effort with that race call. Mike, let's talk a little bit about the race. You said was a big part of it. He did set the early fractions, and I was kind of surprised to see Always Be Mickey and David Miller kind of go to the lead after the quarter. I thought maybe he'd wait for the half, but I guess they didn't want Shambhala to uh, have a chance to pull it down. And this, in, in my opinion, Mike, I think it was uh, a very, very purposeful uh, race for Always Be Mickey. I mean, I think that this horse and Jimmy Tactor and the connections and Dave Miller wanted to go out there and prove that, uh, you know what, they they were could be going down as one of the best horses of all time. I think they were, wanted that record. They wanted that mark. I think they knew it coming in, and they certainly wanted that mark, and I am still stunned at that 146 as Sam McKee was. Now, obviously, everybody knows that the Red Mile's a, a very fast track, and Lexington's, a, you know, one of the fastest mile tracks out there, and, and I know if you read on Twitter and Facebook, you see a little bit of the dissension on the Well, it's the Red Mile. Anybody can do this or that on the Red Mile. No, no, they can't. And I know it's a fast track, but still, in my opinion, that doesn't lessen the effort at all of Always Be Mickey, not in the least bit, in my opinion. You know, I come back that was just fast in general. I mean, Colonial Downs was a one-turn mile. If you put Always Be Mickey on that racetrack, I promise you can go 43. I mean, it's just that. I mean, it's just the type of racetrack it was. And, you know, like you said, there's a lot of tension. Unfortunately, you know, there's just a lot of people out there who feel, you know, that maybe the track is, you know, plays to speed or what have you. Listen, I don't care what anybody says. The wind was in his face. He had about everything against it. He did it. Great. It was a small field, but you know what? It was a time trial and he had four punters. That's all I have to really say. Shit about it. Well, we still have a lot left on this program. Uh, maybe we'll catch up with Jimmy later. I know he said he was flying down to Florida, so it was kind of a you know a, a touch and go situation. So uh, he's headed down for warmer weather. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll see if Jimmy Tanker can join us here. But we still have a lot to go on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Uh, Ed O'Connor is going to be joining us. As our series is going to continue on uh, VIP stables, and uh, you know, listen, they've had some great horses over the time. As a matter of fact, uh, talking to Ed and have had a chance to talk to Tom James, uh, who was live from the Lexington sale last week. Uh, in the first series, brought up a lot of memories with horses like River Shark and Summer Camp. Summer Camp, as a matter of fact, uh, is still going. So uh, VIP stables, and we're going to talk to uh, Ed about this, some of the happenings there. Plus, we have Paula Wellwood on at the top of the hour, Mike. She's going to talk to us about Marion Marauder. And uh, listen, 
the effort by Marion Marauder. What a great race that was. Marion Marauder was coming four or five deep in the lane to uh, sweep on by. So you certainly have to uh, give a lot of credit to Marion Marauder. And maybe the effort by Always Be Mickey kind of overshadowed it. But what a memorable, memorable weekend and actually a whole grand circuit meet from the Red Mile. It was fantastic. So we're going to hear from uh, Ed O'Connor. We're going to hear from Paula Wellwood. And a little bit of an interesting twist for you, Mike. Not a whole lot of people probably know who the team of Tommy Woodfin and Jason Rico are. Uh, and actually, we're going to leave that a little bit of a secret. For those of you that haven't read the press releases, they're going to be joining us around the sub at 40 mark. And uh, they're going to talk to us about something a little bit different in the harness racing game, especially when it comes to uh, our show. So the show rose on when we come back. Uh, we'll have Ed O'Connor from a VIP Stables. We've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at embroideryunl.com. That's embroideryunl.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with uh, Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by uh, VIP Stables' very own Ed O'Connor. It is our weekly series on the VIP Stables. Ed, welcome in. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Ed, we had a chance to talk to Tom Jaynes last week. Tom was at the Lexington Select Sale, and uh, he was kind of giving us a little bit of an update, a blow-by-blow of what was going on down there. Uh, before we get into what we want to talk to you about tonight, and that's Owning 101, just wanted to get your impressions of uh, the Lexington Sale and your thoughts. I was blown away by how high the prices were. We expected to go down and, like we always do, be able to find a few that fell between the cracks, but there were no bargains out there we, we came away with some nice horses but the increases in sales prices this year were just amazing uh granted there were a lot of really really nice horses but it was kind of amazing it, i hope it bodes well for our industry that people are investing this kind of money because it, it was really exciting and i have never owned a racehorse or had a part of a racehorse uh what type of horse am i looking for uh as, as my first kind of horse and why do you think that is uh, the kind of horses people look for right off the bat, we always tell folks, get involved with something that's racing right now. Yearlings are fun. Yearlings take a, six months, nine months, a year from the time you buy them until the time they hit the racetrack. And, and guys are getting involved because they want to go. They want to bet on their horses. They want to be in the winner's circle. So we always talk to folks about claiming a horse or making a private purchase. And, and you, know, you can do that within a week. You can be racing. It's really great. Ed, what, uh, in your opinion, are the advantages of buying a horse uh, on your own compared to a partnership? 
there, there, you have to look at it a couple of different ways. One versus the other, for one guy could be a great way to do it, or for another guy it might not, not be the way to go at it. Uh, putting money into horse race ownership, you know, it's a big investment. And part of what your return is going to be is in, in some enjoyment. If you're a guy who likes to control what's going on, you've got your own business, you call it calling the shots, a partnership usually is different. It, it's, it's not probably what you're going to like. However, if you're somebody who wants to go in and learn about the business and perhaps take some time and, and figure things out before you go out on your own, partnerships are great. Uh, at VIP Stable, we've had many guys who started with us with you know, buying into one or two horses, have increased their investment over the years, and have stopped buying with us and have gone out on their own and now own 10 or 20 horses. You know, we kind of look at ourselves as a, as a way to teach folks how to get into the game, and, and we really enjoy that. It, it, it really is a personal preference on which is better. Um, some guys like one, some guys like the other. Now, Ed, I'm a huge harness racing fan, and I'm interested in getting in and owning a racehorse for the first time. Uh, what step do I need to follow to get in with you guys? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, taking the first step is, is really the hardest part. The USTA and a lot of tracks around the country have done some really good seminars about how to get involved. But even then, you walk out with, with a couple how-tos and some, some material, but you, you just don't know really where to go. Um, we tell guys to ask themselves a couple questions. You know, do you want to go and watch your horse race every week? And, and that means you want to horse at your local track. Or do you want to watch them on the simulcast or on the computer and race for bigger money, say, at uh, Harris, Philadelphia or Pocono Downs or someplace like that? And that should drive what you want. The whole idea behind owning is to really enjoy it. it it's a great sport, and, and you want to get some, uh, some real fun out of this. Um, once you've made that up, your mind up on there, you can go to your local track, talk to the race secretary, explain to them, yeah, I'm looking to buy a horse. Can you put me in touch with a couple trainers? Usually guys know the sport before they want to jump in. You know, you say, if, you know, trainer A or trainer B, they look like they're winning a lot of races. Would you give me their phone number? The race secretaries are going to help you out. They want new owners in the game too. Call the trainers, talk to two or three of them, and see if you can find somebody that works, uh, works for you and you think you can get along with and, and jump in. If you want to come to a partnership like us, VIP Stable or some of the other great partnerships out there, uh, call them up, talk to them, find out what the costs are, find out how you get in and how you get out and, and what the whole, uh, the whole deal is with. And we're, we love talking to people about harness racing, and, and we want people to be comfortable before they get involved. So ask a lot of questions and, and try to find something that's going to make you happy. Visiting with Ed O'Connor from the VIP uh, Stables. Uh, it's our ongoing series with the VIP Stables. Ed, everybody wants to know about costs. What type of monthly cost should I expect, uh, and uh, what's this pay for? We, we usually tell folks to expect to pay somewhere in the neighborhood of $4,000 or more to race with a big trainer at one of the big tracks on the East Coast. Yeah, the, the training is expensive. There are training centers in New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania usually, and that'll typically cover just about everything. If, if there's some unusual injury or something, it's obviously going to be more, but yeah, it co covers the trainer. It covers the cost of feed. It covers the stall rent. It covers getting back and forth to the track. It covers the price of the groom, the night of the races. Uh, it covers kind of a normal-sized vet bill. And yeah, it, it, that's a pretty good chunk of change every month. So you know, if you're not prepared for a $4,000 a month bill, you might want to look at a partnership or buying part of a horse. Now, if you want to race at a smaller track, 
race in the Midwest, somewhere like that, it's going to be cheaper. It could be $2,500, $3,000 a month for everything. And, you know, people need to go into this and understanding that the bills are going to keep coming whether you win purses or not. So you really need to prepare yourself. Ed, what, uh, if we want to buy a horse, say, for example, with friends or family members, is there mm-hmm. anything special that we should do? Yeah, I think that's a great way to get involved. You, know, you can kind of spread the money around and spread the, uh, the risk around. And more importantly, you can you have you know, your, your buddies or your family to jump up and down and get your picture taken in the winner's circle. with. It's, it's a great way to start. But we always caution people with a couple things. One, you, you really need to sit down and talk to each other and put together some type of agreement ahead of time. What's going to happen if the horse gets injured? When do we decide to sell? How do we make those types of decisions? Because ahead of time, it sounds like it's a really easy thing, but let me tell you, when a horse gets hurt and you've got a $10,000 surgery bill staring you in the face, all kinds of stuff can happen. And, and, you know, horse racing is supposed to be fun. You don't want to lose friends over it. It's, it's just not worth it. So you, you want to be upfront about it. So, you know, I would just caution folks, it's a great way to do it. Just, you know, come up with a good plan ahead of time, and hopefully everything works out well for you. Ed, let's switch for just a second. We've got a horse in the $250,000 Invitational at Yonkers versus Wiggle at Jiggle, which we will be at, by the way, in Keystone Velocity, who just went 148-2 at Pocono Downs in a winner's over event. Uh, trainer Renee Bard uh, does the conditioning. Talk to us a little bit about this horse and uh, what you think your chances are. We are really looking forward to this big race. This is uh, our first start with him. Uh, Renee put this deal together last week. Uh, to buy the horse. He'd been had his eye on him for a while. He's a very, very fast Western Hanover uh, and, and fairly lightly raced for an eight-year-old. Uh, we're really excited that we had the opportunity to go in on him, and, and um, we're happy we were able to put the deal together really well. But uh, racing against Wiggle and Jiggle it is a tough, uh, a tough proposition. He's a great horse. The only salvation we have is he drew the eight-hole. We've got the five, still not the best post position. But we, we really like our chances. Renee likes the horse. He's been doing really well. And, yeah, this is a, a long-range proposition for us. It's not a make or break that we win this week, but it's always nice to buy a horse one week and the next race be racing for a quarter million dollars. You don't have that happen very much. So us and our partners are, are really excited about him. Ed O'Connor, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Uh, best of luck come Saturday, and uh, I'm sure we, we'll be talking to you in the next few weeks. I appreciate it, guys. I'm not going to be there, so I'll be listening to your show. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Ed. Bye-bye. All right, that was Ed O'Connor from the VIP Stables. And as you mentioned, Mike, uh, racing heads up with uh, Wiggle It, Jiggle It and the big Invitational coming up at Yonkers. And I don't think we really had a chance to talk too much about it, Mike, but we are going to be there coming up on Saturday. We'll have all the action from the International Trot, plus that pick five, plus the big race with Wiggle It, Jiggle It. Uh, We're going to be on the air at 2.45 Eastern. It's going to be a three-hour show. And, Mike, we're certainly looking forward to it. Yeah, we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be our second live remote this year uh, before the Brief Crown. Uh, we're trying to get all the kinks and stuff worked out, but the great folks at Yonkers and the Standard Bread owners of New York uh, have really done a great job with uh, helping to get us out there. And, you know, we're really, really excited. We get to see some great international flavor. We get to see two great invitationals, including the return of Be a Magician. We'll get to that here in just a little bit as well. 
That's right, being a magician. Mike qualified not too long ago at Harris, Philadelphia. Looked uh, fantastic upon qualifying, and uh, she is ready to go. It's a fantastic card. We've got a lot more to come. Trainer Ron Burke is going to be joining us. Plus, we're going to talk to Tommy Woodfin and Jason Rico, uh, and uh, we're going to leave you in a little bit of suspense if you haven't read the presses, what that's about, so hold on to that. Plus, we're going to talk to Gabe Pruitt. It's our... uh, series, our continuing series of Pompano Park about Pompano Park, and uh, Gabe Pruitt's going to uh, fill us in what's going on down in the uh, South Florida Oval. By the way, they dodged a major bullet, Mike, with Hurricane Matthew uh, hitting uh, well to the north of them, and of course, we're going to have Paula Wellwood on about the top of the hour, and she's going to talk to us about the Triple Crown winner, Marion Marauder, as far as the Trotters are concerned. Lots going on on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, trainer Ron Burks in the On Deck Circle. We'll be back in just a moment. Join us for Maryland Horse Council's Evening at the Races at Rosecroft Raceway on Thursday, October 20th at 6 p.m. Guest speakers include Ted Black, racing analyst and sports writer who has covered harness racing in the Mid-Atlantic region for nearly 30 years. Corey Callahan, Maryland native and leading harness racing driver in North America. Sal Sinatra, president and general manager of the Maryland Jockey Club with the new owner of Rosecroft Raceway. Anthony McDonald, creator of the Stable.ca, is an affordable way to boost harness horse ownership among both first-time and long-time owners. Also, paddock tours are available and the opportunities for exciting rides to the starting car, an experience not to be missed. To purchase your tickets, visit mdhorsecouncil.org or buy your tickets at the door. It's the Maryland Horse Council's Evening at the Races at Rosecroft Raceway, Thursday, October 20th. tell you all about betamerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. Bet America covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK and my home country, Australia. New players to Bet America receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Have taken over the lead on the inside second. Scott Rock far outside. Here comes Bold again. Malmara needs a place to race. Three quarters in 122 and four. Track record in jeopardy as they head around the final turn. It's Pollock A on top. On the outside, here comes the seven million dollar man. Is he gonna do it? We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now we're joined by Foiled Again trainer Ron Burke. And uh, Ron, listen. There's a guy who looks just like me. He's the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, Ron, listen, I, I do have to ask. Ronnie, how are you doing? We're doing fantastic. Listen, I have to ask him. We just heard the stretch call from uh, from track announcer Joe Zambito at uh, Batavia with foiled again, sweeping by to win. And listen, we've been going through the last, it seems like the last four or five years now where uh, everybody says, well, maybe this is it for foiled again. Maybe he should wrap it up. Maybe he should call it a career. How many times does foiled again have to uh, stick it up those particular people's backside? Uh, You know, truthfully, it's not everybody's decision. It's my group and my people's decision. And, uh, you know, the horse is healthy. He loves to race. 
and uh, to us, it's the biggest thrill in the world when he wins. There's nothing better. Like the other day, it made our whole year. So, you know, he'll continue the race. You know, I'll never hurt him. I'll never make sure that he's embarrassed on the track. But, uh, you know, I, I love racing him, and he loves racing now, Ron, one thing I've noticed about Foiled again, uh, he always shows up at bigger odds, obviously, but I, one thing that I kind of noticed about him, and maybe I'm wrong, is that he seems to be more of a cold-weather horse. He seems to race really, really well in the, you know, in the cooler months. Great, he still races well in the warmer months, but he seems like he puts in his better work in, uh, you know, in the early part of the year and the late part of the year. The truth is, he just doesn't speed up when it warms up, and other horses do. He basically paces the same year round and that, you know, he gets it done in the winter and in the summer he struggles a little bit, you know, uh, maybe he has allergies, maybe, but I really think more he's just not fast enough to go when the horses go full speed anymore. Visiting with trainer Ron Burke of uh, foiled again. Now, Ron, you foiled again, that big sweeping move at Batavia and uh, you made a, a very interesting uh, Twitter post uh, basically showing something that we don't see a lot from, from Ron Burke, just the emotion. Can you tell us about what you were feeling when uh, Wiggle, when uh, foiled again made that big move and just swept on by to get the job done? I mean, to me, it was the best win of the year. Like, you know, me and Mark were watching it together, Weaver, who's part of Weaver Bashemi, and, like, we were both, like, like choked up a little bit. You know, you don't know uh, anymore when this is the last stake one for him, or is it, you know? And uh, for us, you know, every win, we cherish it. We cherish every time he goes out on the track, you know, and, like, people don't understand, like, we really do enjoy it. Like, we, we take more pride in him than we do in any horse that I have racing right now. He's, you know, Still, no matter what, he's the barn star in my eyes. Now, Ron, what is next for the great foiled again? Uh, he's been racing very well as of late, and uh, what's on his diet next? You know what the thing is? He's in an open this week at uh, Yonkers, and I just want him to give me a reason to put him in the Breeders' Crown. Just if he goes out and races good, even though I know it's stupid, I know he doesn't maybe hasn't earned his way into it this year, if he just gives me one reason, shows me one thing that maybe he can compete, I'll put him in and give him a chance. I think the people love to watch him race, and I know we love to watch him race. Ron, we certainly appreciate you joining us on the program, and uh, I'll tell you what, Foiled again continues to make memories, and uh, just unbelievable uh, what this guy continues to do racing at a high level like this. Ron, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, hey, good luck to Foiled again and uh, your whole stable coming up. You've got some, uh, you've got some big ones coming up. I know Hannah Lore Hanover in the international trot. What are your thoughts on her? You know, she drew in a great spot. You know, it's a tough thing. She's a four-year-old mare against aged, you know, horses and geldings, but she's been great all year. You know, I have ultimate confidence in Yannick, and um, she's coming in sharp. We trained her faster than, you know, the race, went, than the race went last year, so there's no doubt in my mind she'll be competitive. I just need things to work out for her. Fantastic. Ron, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. No problem. Thank you, guys. All right, that was trainer Ron Burke, and, uh, yeah, I had to throw that in as the first question, Mike. I mean, you know, uh I mean, and, and it seems like this has been going on for quite a while now. I mean, everybody's saying, you know, maybe this is it for Foiled again. Maybe he should, you know, uh, retire, uh, you know. But I'll tell you what, this is what the horse likes to do. This horse likes to race. And uh, obviously this horse still has it. And I think he proved it in the race at Batavia, Mike, and the Robert Kane. 
Yeah, you know, he had a, uh, you know, he got a good trip, and Kevin Cummings was very, very smart with him, and, you know, that's the, uh, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, you got to have with Foyle again. You heard that Ron Burke say he just can't speed up with the horses in the, in the summertime, and, you know, maybe it's allergies, what have you, but it's so great to see the great Foyle again, and you heard it right, and you heard it first right here. Ron Burke said, give me one reason to put him in the Breeders' Crown. That's all he wants is one reason to put him in the Breeders' Crown. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the Open this week. No question about it. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to a couple of video game gurus. How about that's a first on this show, Mike? Uh, Jason Rico, Tommy Woodfin are going to be joining us, and they're going to tell us about something they are putting together it is going to be very interesting for the harness racing world. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle with the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State? There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. Stay tuned because we have Gabe Pruitt coming up in just a few minutes. He's going to uh, he's the track announcer from Pompano Park, and it is our ongoing series about Pompano Park. We'll see what's going on in South Florida Oval. Also uh, joining us at the top of the hour will be Paula Wellwood, the trainer of Marion Marauder, who had just won the Trotting Triple Crown last weekend at the Red Mile. But first, we are joined by a pair of uh, dashing young gentlemen, Tommy Woodfin and Jason Rico. And, uh, you know, guys, I have to tell you, a couple of months ago, I was, uh, or maybe even a little longer now, I was kind of scrolling through Facebook, and I see this uh, harness racing uh, video game, kind of like a little bit of a demo or whatever, uh, on, the, uh, on my Facebook page. So I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. Then I reached out to Tommy and then Jason. We started talking. Now, first of all, Jason, I'm going to throw this question at you. Uh, this, this is kind of your brainchild, right? Yes. Uh, I kind of had this idea ever since I was a kid. Uh, I remember writing to Nintendo. Uh, they wrote back to me telling me that it cost millions and millions of dollars, uh, and there wasn't a fan base for the game. Um, I thought they were wrong on that, uh, even though it is a tight-knit kind of community, uh, there is millions of people that would love to enjoy this game. Uh, I just thought that 
being 2016, it would have already came out. Uh, there were some European ones, and they really, uh, really weren't, you know, up to par, and, and definitely were not like North American harness racing or United States. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I reached out to Thomas, and uh, and we started building this about a year ago, a, a little over a year ago, um, and it's been a work in progress, and uh, I and. Uh, I, you know, and I'm glad you you came across of it. You know, and 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 a bunch of other people did also. You know, um, it's just uh, right now we're we're just in in a a phase of looking for one investor come in and facilitate the game with us, so we can bring it to market. Now, Jason, I'm I'm a guy, and I have to admit, I'm a little bit of a uh, I wouldn't say I'm a video game junkie, but I've certainly dabbled into it, and and uh, I go back to the days of uh, winning post when that was on the old, uh, gosh, I can't even remember the name of the system anymore, the Sega Saturn maybe, if my memory serves me correctly, but uh, you know, you had games like Winning Post, and then of course most recently Gallup Racer uh, was a game I right, certainly right. got into, but I was like you, I was like you guys, there was really nothing uh, that was going on for harness racing, and I was really wondering, oh boy, you know, if we could get some kind of harness racing game. So, uh, Tommy, I'll direct this next question at you. Um, obviously, you're the one that kind of put this whole thing together from a, a technological point of view. Can you give us an update on where it is in the stage currently? Yeah, certainly. I mean, well, harnessracing.com, that's, uh, that's the website, you know, where it has the desktop version and the Android version, the iOS version to download. So, uh, you know, the goal is to make an authentic hardest racing game and engage the kids, but also as adults can play for uh, real money, like uh, many other apps that are in the app stores right now that you can play for real money. And, um, you know, augmented reality is also in the game plan to be inside the race bike. Uh, You know, this is built in Unity 3D, which is a very uh, popular technology of all the Top video games are made in Unity 3D. Uh, that that can make it portable on Xbox, PlayStation, and uh, as I said before, we we have it already on the PC and the Mac version with the uh, Android version and the uh, I, iPad, iPhone version. So, so yeah, basically, you know, HarnessRacing.com is a good place where people give it a test drive. And uh, yeah, as Jason mentioned, we're looking for one investor who's passionate about harness racing to help bring this to the community. And uh, there's a whole lot of fans that would love to play this in between races and, and so on. And, you know, getting feedback from real real drivers, uh, you know, people that, uh, you know, Jason himself is, uh, you know, uh, a writer and his brother is a writer and, and other, other people at the track have been uh, giving us feedback to make the game play as realistic as possible. And so that's what we've been doing. And, you know, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. I love making video games. And, you know, obviously play a lot of video games as a kid. And so the goal of this video game is to make it the Madden of harness racing. You know, everything has, you know, authenticity is the, is the whole key. And, you know, and entertainment, of course. Visiting live with Jason Rico and Tommy Woodfin, uh, trying to put this game together. Jason, let me ask you this, and, and obviously this is your thing. You, uh, you seem like you have the passion for harness racing and, and obviously a harness racing fan. Where, in your opinion, do you envision uh, this game can go? Where, how far do you think this, this game is, can get? What, what are some what, of the things you would like to see involved in this game? Well, 
along with this game, and like I, uh, it, w- it would be facilitated by the game actually taking off and, and being popular, I wanted to bring a harness racing league, a worldwide league, kind of like a fantasy sports, but actually putting the action in your hands. You control the driver. You control the training. You call all the shots in the stable. You put all the equipment on. Uh, make it as real as possible. You can claim other people's horses. You can buy. You can sell. You can auction off your horses. Uh, also, um, I wanted people, uh, I think this would actually be revolutionize the whole uh, gaming app uh, experience by adding um, coins, kind of like you can purchase coins and then you can use these coins to add attributes to your horse, speed, uh, you know, um, uh, you can you can add attributes to your driver. You can add attributes to your trainer. Now, with these coins that you can win by racing against other users, you can take these coins and you can trade them in for, let's say, a prepaid credit card loaded with cash. Or you can, you know, it might be an iPhone. It could be a T-shirt. It could be a trip to the races uh, for two. You know, um, you know, it, it, it could be anything. Basically, like a Dave and Buster's or how Nathan's used to be. Uh, you go, you play a video game, you get a coupon. You take those tickets, you go, and you redeem them for prizes. Uh, I don't see any uh, any app giving back to the user. All they do is take, 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 take. Uh, I don't I don't want to make you know um, you know kill people's pockets. I'd like for them to play it and actually be able to make money playing it also. Um, so I I see it as being uh, a little bit bigger than you know, other people's vision. But um, like I said, it would have to take off and, uh, and other people would have to have that vision also. Uh, but I, I really see that um, with being able to redeem your coins for prizes, I think people would really like to, you know, give it a shot. And I think they would enjoy it. Tommy, from well, a technological point of view, is this something that is hard to put together? Excuse me? Tommy, from a this questions to Tommy. Tommy, from a technological point of view, this would be something that easily can be put together, right? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've uh, we've worked a lot with the design. You know, making the 3D models and making the faces look like real riders, and you know, similar to all the other top video games that are out there. You know, making you know the graphic part of it, uh, the the experience is very important. Um, you know, certainly, you know, that's why we're, you know, looking for one investor that's passionate about harness racing because it's not just the money that, you know, for the investment, but looking for someone who, uh, you know, is, you know, passionate about spreading the sport and engaging more people and getting more people interested in the sport. Because the sport's already very popular as it is, but, it, you know, it's not, uh, there isn't any authentic harness racing video game out there to engage the kids and to, um, you know, I mean, I use the analogy of uh, football. I mean, one of the reasons why I like football is because I played the video game so much as a kid. This is the same thing with harness racing. So certainly, you know, the, the challenges of making all the, you know, graphic design, it, it requires a team effort. But uh, we've gone pretty far so far as, as we are right now. And I, and I, and I, Jason, if I could just jump in real quick. I'm yep. sorry. If I could just jump in real quick. Uh, right, right now, our sport, is dying for something to revive it. And we're about 20 years too late. Uh, we, we, we've missed the technology age. Uh, everybody else is, is you know, uh, like you said, you played Gallup Racer. Everybody's played Gallup Racer, and they've thrown the controller wire, you know, kind of, you know, 
trying to make it like it was lines because that's all we had. That's all we had. <laughs> Uh, we we need we need harness racing video game to bring young kids who will tell their parents and say you know what I want to go and see the horses in real life and then they come and see it in real life uh, we got to think outside the box and and nobody has we just keep doing the same thing and looking for new results and nobody's coming to the grandstand um, you know everybody's watching races at home so we got to bring something to the fans to get them to come to the grandstand. For some reason or another, harness racing in the new generation hasn't seemed to been or hasn't seemed to be an appeal uh, for younger people. Maybe in that twenties uh, to thirties generation, the generation that I agree with you that we seem to have missed out on. Um, how could we? Okay, say for example that we have the game, we're ready to go. All the technological glitches are worked out, and we're all set on what we want to do. How do we, in the end, we still have to market racing. Now, in Europe, how do we market uh, this game based on harness racing? Is there any way that you think we can? I would hit all the colleges uh, across the country. I'd hit them them all on social media, and I'd I'd try to hit uh, as many locally as I could, you know, know, uh, and, and try to market it like they should market harness racing and tell them to go to their local track, not just market it as just harness racing uh, and, and try to, and try to get their local track to have us come there and make an event uh, kind of like in New York city, when they set it up for Madden, uh, that's a big turnout. And then hopefully we can have some money and we can put a big prize event, you know, maybe $10,000 or even $5,000 where uh, you get a bunch of college kids that come out uh, and, and maybe, you know, maybe you can spark up a little, uh, you know, uh, a little buzz on this game going, you know, uh, and, and make and make something and make something that'll bring younger generations into the sport. Because once the older people die off, you know, uh, our sport's going to die off. Yeah, no question about well, it. Fellas, listen, go ahead, Tommy. Go ahead, Tommy. Got something to add? Oh. Yeah, I would actually like to add about, uh, you know, engaging people. Well, you know, there's a lot of apps out there that in video games that are engaging people in bowling, for example. I mean, you can bowl for money on some of these apps. And, you know, people might not be a bowling fan, but what happens is this spreads virally. You know, obviously with social media and then you're playing for money and stuff like that, too. You invite people and, and it's just, it's the growth of the community. But so it will definitely, you know, expose the sport to more people that normally would not even have taken a look at the sport. But um, also, we were, you know, looking at Little Brown Jug and other events and, you know, and, and you know, going for the core audience as well. So grab new people, but also, you know, engage new people, but also work with the core audience because there's just nothing that exists. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great statistics on app stores and, and all the revenues that they make, you know. If you go to thinkgaming.com and see all those stats. But, um, yeah, definitely take a look at harnessracing.com and take a look at the game. Thanks okay, for, great. So that's a, uh, yeah, no problem, guys. So that's where we can one more time, guys. To clear, uh, where could we uh, if we want to see a demo, uh, or if we're you know, hey, you know, maybe if there's somebody that is interested uh, in investing in in this uh, sort of thing, where could we find the demo, and how could we get a hold of you guys? You can go to www.harnessracinggame.com or www.w2w hr.com or you can contact us at 516-477-2195 
and all our contact information is on our Facebook page, which is uh, WTWHR.com. All right, good stuff. Well, listen, fellas, I really appreciate you joining us. And uh, listen, I agree with you guys. I think we do need to start thinking out of the and uh, we've totally missed the generation when it comes to promoting our industry. But listen, it's going to be things like this uh, that is, uh, you know, going to bring a big hand and bringing it back if we are to bring it back. Guys, I really appreciate you what? joining us. We'll have you on soon. I really appreciate you having us on. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you. Oh, great show. Great show. Thanks a lot. All right, that was uh, Tommy Woodfin and Jason Rico. Very interesting stuff, Mike. I have to say that's a first. And, you know, listen, we talk about thinking out of the box. You know, Bob Carson's got that article on USDA about thinking out of the box. And uh, something like this, I mean, something to reach in the new generation. And I'm going to tell you how I believe it's on the right track, Mike, because when I think of video games, I think of me playing against the computer on the Xbox or the PlayStation uh, or the old Atari 2600 showing my age. But, uh, you know, it's not that anymore. You're playing against other people. You're, you're upgrading. You're upgrading your stock or your robots or whatever you're doing, and that you're competing against other people. And, hey, it could be a way to certainly bring – a generation into our sport that wouldn't otherwise be here. Mike, I completely agree with you. I think it's a uh, fantastic idea. And who knows? I think we're going to have to download this game and play it ourselves tonight. But uh, we're actually going to forego our commercial break as uh, Gabe Pruitt has got a Dodgers game. uh, We're going to watch the Nats lose to the Dodgers tonight. The Nats are going to lose the Dodgers tonight. That is uh, correct. Oh, jeez. I said it back. Uh, see, I was going to play <laughs> play it in my favor, and I completely said it backwards. Gabe Pruitt's short to talk about the uh, Pompano Park segment. And, you better uh, watch them Cubs, Pruitt. Did you hear Mike? What was that? I didn't catch it. He, he said you better watch them Cubs, Pruitt. You know, we're going to begin to worry about the Cubs, but unfortunately, you know, it's do or die tonight. So uh, my sights will be set on the Cubs about uh, 11-15 tonight. And until then, we we got to take care of business first. Yeah, Gabe, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what's been going on at Pompano Park uh, the past week and coming up. We You guys missed, uh, avoided a major, major hurricane. And, uh, you know, that was a big uh, blessing in disguise. And uh, you good week of racing. Well, before I forget, I do want to tell uh, Mike Bozich, uh, unfortunately, I am old enough to know what an Atari is as well. So uh, that's a couple of us that uh, have that same problem. But, yeah, Papa, we had a great week, uh, Mike. Uh, we actually had some heavy rains on Tuesday night for anyone that uh, watched the racing. So um, did uh, have a little bit of weather, but uh, like you said, dodged a major bullet in uh, the hurricane um, seeming to uh, head north and fizzle out uh, a bit as well. Uh, so that was uh, great for everyone in the entire state of Florida, not only uh, – local there to uh, Pompano, but a uh, good week, uh, very similar to last week as far as uh, some of the featured events so, uh, go. Actually, um, all three horses uh, in the featured events came back a repeat. Uh, Boldy, uh, top-level uh, trotter, he won the open trot. Uh, Dan Hennessy, the trainer. Wally Hennessy, the driver. He's a well-bred trotter out of the uh, champion Dan Peach at Old Jay. And he's been in uh, fine form since arriving back in Florida. Same barn, Godiva Silster a mare that's missed only one check in the last four years. Just a remarkable run. In fact, uh, at one point, she had missed a check when she was two, and she didn't miss another until she was six. So uh, just an iron mare. She won again. Uh, she was a heavy favorite as well. And then offside, repeated in the uh, top-level open pace as well, 
for trainer driver John McDonald. So we had some repeat till winners on the uh, betting action of one non-betting event that uh, is fairly interesting. I'm sure you guys remember uh, Prairie Jaguar, who uh, ripped through uh, an impressive run in South Florida a few years back. He had won uh, something like 10 or 11 in a row, ultimately headed on the East Coast to the uh, Meadowlands and did okay racing in uh, some of the uh, smaller tracks uh, up east. But he has a two-year-old brother that you need to keep your eye on, Prairie Panther. It was a non-betting event, but uh, he was uh, nearly a double-digit lengthy six and four. And again, a lightly raced uh, two-year-old colt out of uh, trader Mike Dieter's barn. He also drives. And again, we're looking forward to seeing him step forward as well. Now, Gabe, I see the return of Al Steinem uh, racing on a Sunday at Pompano. Has Mark one nine this year? Led four starts and has hit the board a ton. Of this horse? Well, you know, at this point, we just don't have the horse population uh, that we're going to have in the winter. Uh, he has established himself as the one to beat. I don't think he's any type of clear standout in that group, uh, but uh, again, at this point, uh, some of the shorter fields and uh, a lot of the top barns still yet to arrive. Uh, he, he is no question uh, the one to beat in that uh, group. Uh, interesting to note, you know, with Hoosier Park and Pocono, Closing in the coming weeks, we should have a, a lot more horses arriving. We are going to be a capacity, I believe, when it's all said and done. But uh, as far as the early part of the meet goes, first few weeks, we're about 100 horses short this year as opposed to last year. So even though ultimately we're going to end up at capacity again, uh, it's made for a bit more shorter fields uh, early than we would have liked. Now, Gabe, talk a little bit about winter month there. What makes Pompano so successful in the wintertime? Well, of course, the weather is first and foremost, and, you know, many people ship down to uh, Florida to uh, even train, you know, their young horses uh, and, and get them, uh, get their foundation before heading uh, back up north in the uh, spring. You know, the weather, Mike, is just, you almost have to be there to check it out. I mean, it's perfect every day. Typically, we've got sunshine, um, you know, the gray skies and the cold temperatures you're used to up uh, north just... Uh, they don't show up in South Florida, so it's a great weather, night in, night out. Your short sleeves every day. Uh, there's plenty to do, and uh, again, it just makes for a great place to. Um, we have a lot of guys that ship in and they um, break some babies and bring some racehorses, and uh, you know we have a solid purse structure and we race four or five nights a week in the peak season, so plenty of racing opportunities, and I think competitive fields. You know that uh, does a lot as far as terms of betting handle. Uh, we've, we've really upped that uh, product, I think, the last couple of seasons. So, you know, those are a few things that uh, contribute to the success. All right. Well, we know you got a uh, – uh, uh, you got I know you got to go buy some Kleenexes before the uh, ball game, but uh, Mike Bozic has <laughs> got one question real quick for you. Sure. No, there we go. Okay. Um. Gabe, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, there we are. Okay. Um, we know that you know we're all announcers sitting here. Um, one, and, and I know you're you're a major Dodgers fan. They've got a big game five coming up tonight. But most recently, uh, one of the announcing legends of all time uh, retired, and that's Vince Scully. Do you have any thoughts about uh, Vince Scully, or did you kind of listen to him as 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 you were growing up, or is he a are you a big fan of his? Just wanted to get your take. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, just the best of the best. You know, when I was a kid, um, Dodgers fan from a very young age, in fact, and uh, 
grew up, always had the uh, baseball package on satellite. So, uh, you know, I fell asleep to Dodgers games pretty much throughout my youth. Obviously, a lot of times on the West Coast, they wouldn't uh, start until 10 o'clock. And, you know, listening to Vince Scully over the years, uh, just uh, there'll never be another one like him. They, they broke the mold with uh, Vin. And, I, you know, I got to watch the uh, last inning there in San Francisco live. And, you know, that's something that um, – you know, I'll never forget, um, unfortunately, he didn't continue on to even do the playoffs this year as he had already scheduled uh, well before the season just to retire at uh, the uh, regular season's end. Now, us three sitting here, could we go to our 80s or 90s? As far as announcing <laughs> goes, not making it, not just making it. Actually, although I'd be happy hey. to make it. But I mean, <laughs> that, that's what I was getting ready to say. You know what? Um <laughs> I live on the edge here. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I just hope I'm around uh, at that time. But, uh, hey, it'd be cool if we can still uh, – if I can still make it to the track, I'm not even worried about working. I just want to make it to the track as long as I have an opinion and uh, I can uh, send it in, I'm good to go. <laughs> well, Gabe, we certainly appreciate it. We know we cut it a little close, but uh, go catch out, go catch the Dodgers game, buddy. do want to mention one last note, guys, if you don't mind. How about the three-year-old Fort of Red Philly Prairie Sweetheart won the All-Raj Open Mares at the Red Mile, stepped up to uh, beat older mares, Lady Shadow, some of the best mares in the entire country, so a big shout-out to her. She was debuting for Treader Ross Krogan. She was actually broke and uh, by Mike Dieters of Florida, and she raced uh, Fort Dieters. She's still undefeated 12 for 12. I'm sure you guys saw those wins. We're actually going to see her back in South Florida. Treader Ross Krogan noticed that she would come back to South Florida to race in those three-year-old breeder stakes. So one of the top fillies, uh, maybe even uh, better than any of the free-for-all pacing mares, she's going to be back in South Florida with us uh, here this season in the coming weeks. You know, we're going to have to keep a uh, close, close eye on her, and uh, we know that you will definitely as uh, the racing goes on. For sure. Thanks a lot, guys. My pleasure. Appreciate you having me on. Gabe, I appreciate it, buddy. All right. That was Gabe Pruitt, the track announcer at Pompano Park. And, Mike, you heard him. He's got a fantastic course that he's got his eyes on. Uh, it's interesting to see what happens. Certainly is, Mike. I mean, this is, uh, you know, a great horse. Uh, and uh, we've kind of been watching it the last couple of times. And, you know, also, Mike, uh, we talk about it. I, I don't mean to, you know, talk about uh, baseball, but – you know, he, he's talking about the Dodgers. The Dodgers obviously in a big game five tonight, obviously with Vince Scully retiring after a long, long successful broadcasting career. But one of the guys that I listened to when I was growing up, coincidentally, was Harry Carey, the longtime voice of the Chicago Cubs. Now, the last time the Cubs won a World Series, I well, it was, it's been a while. Uh, so, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to see if the Cubs and the Dodgers meet up in this next round of the playoffs, who will go? That's that's all I wanted to bring to the table. In other words, go Cubs, go. All right. When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to talk Triple Crown here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Paula Wellwood is on deck. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. For the stretch, and Blenheim is still in front and clinging to the lead here. Southwind Frank is trying to kick. Bar hopping is coming off cover. Love Matters is right there in between horses. Marion Marauder on the far outside is coming. Southwind Frank to the lead. Marion Marauder charging hard on the outside. Southwind Frank. Marion Marauder is lunging late. These two come down the line. Marion Marauder. 
Connor, May of Dale Southwind, Frank in a photo, bar hopping third, 152 and three, photo finish. back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside Mike Bozich. We're joined now by trader Paula Wellwood. And Paula, you got to relive just now uh, the excitement from this past <laughs> Sunday. But I have to ask, where was your heart at when they hit the wire together? Um, I, I would have to say it was probably uh, in my mouth. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. it. They called him last, but I knew it was a tight finish. And uh, I was just hoping that... Uh, it was uh, he would come out on top. Yeah, and uh, certainly did come rallying from uh, five wide to win. Now, you know, Paula, this is an interesting horse because, you know, when we first started keeping our eye on him earlier in the three-year-old campaign, it seemed like this horse was strictly a come-from-behind horse. Then this horse started showing Mm -hmm. speed in the middle part and started showing that this Mm -hmm. horse could win a lot of different ways. And when you're going up against the class of horse that you're going against, I think that versatility is such a key. And that had to be a big part of his success this year was just to be be able to race so versatile. Oh, yes. He, uh, I would have to say last year, he was always a come from behind, but um, we knew that as long as he matured, he was going to be able to do it anyway. And he sure did prove that. He can do it anyway. He can do it in the front. He can come first up. He can do anything, really. And he just he thrives on it all. But I do think his best way is still chasing them. Now, Paula, it's funny that like you said he, did he could the do other it. Day. It's funny you say that he can do it from anywhere because he was fourth over, parked a mile, and still came from off the pace. Yeah. Were you concerned at any point during that race that maybe that you know that that trip would have hindered him at all, or did, was the fact that he had plenty of cover and the outer flow seemed to be moving decently, uh, you know, encouraging? Yes, it was encouraging, and he was following the right horses. I knew as long as they kept going forward, like you said, he would he would kick off cover whenever he moved them, as long as he saw clear racetrack. Um, but when he came by where where I was standing uh, on the last turn, I could tell by Scott's body language that he was pretty good. It just was a matter of he got him moved over, and when he asked him, I knew he was gonna he would kick in because he loves to mow down horses. That's just his, that still is his best way. Visiting live with uh, trainer Paula Wellwood of Marion Marotta, the uh, trotting triple crown champion of 2016. Paula, how important has, uh, and how much has Scott Zeron uh, meant to you guys and this horse? Um, he's just been phenomenal. He uh, knows the horse. He has uh, one of the biggest assets is the amount of confidence he has in the horse. He he never worries. He puts them in a great position, and um, they just really, really get along good together. And I think the biggest thing is the confidence that Scott has in the horse. And uh, as he did quote, we don't put any pressure on him. So there's never any pressure. Now, Paula, obviously the Triple Crown's been won. Uh, the question now is what's next for me in Marauder and him back as a four-year-old um well his next race is the breeder's crown and then that will be his last race of the year and then we will just uh it will just depend on um what comes out of if 
there is possible stallion deals, or if not, we will race them next year. And Paula, one final question before we let to let you go. Uh, what has this horse uh, meant to you guys? I mean, not only here in his uh, fantastic three-year-old campaign, but I mean, even before uh, you know, growing up as a, a young horse. What is yeah, this horse? Yeah, he's, uh, he's uh, to you guys? a horse of a lifetime. He's a horse of a lifetime. Um, you dream about this happening, but um, he really is a dream come true, and he he is just. Bell will is the horse of our lifetime, and I don't think there will be another one like him for us. Paula, we, Paula, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And, and look, we, uh, you know, obviously Scott Zeron and and uh, yourself, the major players of the game. But there's, uh, I'd imagine, some people that work behind the scenes that probably don't get the credit uh, that they deserve. Can you give a shout out to some of them people? Oh yes, I, um, our whole team. Um, we have a couple that's worked for us for a lot of years, Ron O'Neill and Chris Stanley, and uh, uh, my husband, Mike, of course, that I co-trained the horse with. Um, and uh, we have an older gentleman, Kenny, and all of our people in Pinehurst. So everybody's contributed. Fantastic. Paula, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, best of luck to you. We will see you at the Breeders' Crown. Oh, okay. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Paula. Bye now. That was Paula Wellwood, trainer of Marion Marauder. And um, I got to tell you, I'm pretty jealous of uh, the action Sam McKee had to call the last couple of weekends. I got to tell you. But uh, no, no, uh, listen, it was uh, a terrific, uh, unbelievable race. That was a great race. And you even talked about it when Southwind Frank and Marion Marauder hit the line together. Uh, Sam McKee really went out on the limb. I would not have went out on a limb because that was close. So hats off to Sam, but uh, certainly hats off to Scott Ciron on a well-timed move. Marion Marauder uh, closing, out-closing Southwind Frank in what has just been a great, great division. You know, the aged pacers get a lot of attention, and rightfully so. Wiggle it, jiggle it, always be Mickey. But uh, I'll tell you what, these trotters, these three-year-old trotters have certainly put on a show. Yeah, they have Mike, and it's going to be interesting to see who comes back at four, and you know, it's just going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, watch. Well, Mike, we're going to take a very short time out. When we come back, it's our favorite segment. It's around the horn time on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At BetAmerica, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. Any winners of a graded stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with Inquiry Relief only at BetAmerica.com. Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go on the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and it's time to go around the horn. We're going to start on a Friday afternoon at Harris, Philadelphia. And Mike, I'm actually going to get to join you to see some of these uh, 
Grand Circuit races, but it's the John Simpson Memorial for three-year-old Philly Trotters and Goosebump Hanover is the eight to five uh, choice on the morning lines. Didn't get the best trip in the New York Tire State final at Yonkers and then was fourth to side bet Hanover women's will and wildflowers kind of expecting a better effort at Goosebump Hanover there. Turn the page has been racing very well as of late. The only problem there that I can see is this horse has a break at Pocono, but really raced well at Harris, Philadelphia in the Liberty Bell. And then you have looking sharp to the inside. But if you're going for a little bit of a price, Mike, I think Coco Truffles could potentially show up for trainer uh, Gilbert Garcia-Owen. On Hamiltonian Day, who is the most sought-after tipped trotter? And I'm going to tell you, I must have heard it four, five, six, seven times from a lot of different people. Was I think 40 to 1, 30, 40 to 1 morning line, ended up going up 4, 5 to 1 in the elimination. Window Shopper. You remember that horse, Mike? But Window Shopper, two starts back, won one of the divisions of the Liberty Bell, won very impressively by eight lengths. The horse he beat that race was Maker a Yankee. Maker a Yankee draws the pole here today in uh, race uh, four at Harris, Philadelphia. is 20 to one in the morning line. And I think this horse is rounding into pretty good shape. I know this horse has had 29 starts already, but sometimes trotters are kind of late developers. Now, you know, all the great performances, uh, the red mile, I mean, that happened the last couple of weekends. I mean, we talked about uh, Marion Marauder and we talked about uh, always be Mickey. And uh, we talked about the uh, Linda Toscano two-year-old Trotter that uh, was out of this world, making, uh, getting a world record. How about Marcus Miller and Irv Miller? They had a great, great couple of weeks there at the red mile. And I think uh, they're on fire. That stable's on fire. And I think one maker Yankee at 20 to one, is worth a very big look in there. You talked about looking sharp three, by the way. Uh, John Bootenchain trains Corey Callahan, who's approaching uh, 5,000 wins. I think he's about 28 or 29 wins away. We'll have to check tomorrow uh, before uh, the action. But uh, looking sharp certainly has a good shot as well. Goosebump Hannah with a favorite there. But uh, I like Maker Yankee, 20 to 1. I'm willing to take a chance. All right. Race number seven is the John Simpson Memorial for three-year-old Colton Gelling Trotters. Mike, it features the return of Dason. Me and you both have had the luxury of calling this horse. Uh, he was second in the New York Sire Stakes final after making a break at Yonkers the week before. Uh, had to and just missed to small town throwdown who is not in this field, but a horse that's kind of, I don't want to call it unnoticed, but hasn't been, you know, in many stakes races, was in the Liberty Bell here in Philadelphia. It's Skeezix on the outside. Give us your impression of Skeezix. I think Skeezix is okay. I think he's been a little bit localized, so this is uh, obviously a very big jump in class, uh, in my opinion. I mean, the fates, the likes of Dason, so I do think Dason is obviously the one to beat. Huge post-relief. I mean, look at that effort from post-date, Mike, and, and I know that a lot of the handicappers say, well, you got to go by starting spots and not post-position. I don't care. The horse still started from post eight and finished second, in my opinion. Dason draws the inside. I think this horse has a big shot. Uh, Skizix is obviously uh, a good horse. Now, I don't know if he's quite, I guess we'll find out tomorrow, but I don't know if he's quite on the caliber of Dason. Uh, I'm going with uh, Dason in this race, Mike. The next division of the John Simpson Memorial's three-year-old Philly Trotters and Mike Southwind Hope draws the inside uh, after racing in the Kentucky Futurity and finishing sixth to Broadway Donna. Only raced in one division of the uh, Kentucky Futurity, didn't make the final. Uh, was second in the Bluegrass uh, for driver Andy Miller and trainer Julie Miller. And then to the outside, you've got the seven open access. This pretty seems a little talky, if you ask me. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think Southwind Hope is certainly the one to beat. I mean, this horse was facing the likes of Crescent Fashion and Broadway Donna. Obviously much tougher than what she sees today. She draws the inside, which is not necessarily the greatest position for a trotter, by the way, Mike, in a, a 5-8 mile track post one. I mean, you're looking for post four or post five. Um, open access is a pretty interesting horse going up against New York Sire Stakes horses. And, you know, if you wonder about the toughness of the New York Sire Stakes, Mike, go back to your Red Mile programs the last couple of weeks and look at some of them horses that came out of New York Steyer Stakes action, including a few from Irv Miller that popped at very nice prices. Open access gets Tim Tietrick back. I think this horse obviously has to mind her racing manners, but she could certainly be a factor. But I do agree. Southwind Hope is, is the one to beat. Race number 12 is the fourth and final division of the John Simpson Memorial three-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters. And this is the more wide-open race. Grand Coupling Canover, who put in a uh, decent fifth-place effort with George up last week at Pocono Downs, but one horse that really kind of, I don't want to call it jumps off the page, tight lines, uh, raced in the bucket against Blenheim and Cuffling Canover and uh, finished third, came home in 29-2, and two, but this horse has the ability to close home very, very strongly. I think tight lines is going to be the horse to yeah, hit it out of the park. I think's good. Tight lines is good, but I'm going to tell you right now, my pick here is going to be doggone lucky. I think this horse got shuffled a bit last time against Blenheim and Cuffling Canover. First time Dave Miller. That is a huge, huge angle. We saw it on Dan Patch Day with that horse that was first time Dave Miller was a couple of races before the Dan Patch won and paid 30 to 1, uh, and you didn't have it to show. So I think the doggone lucky's got a bit, or you didn't have it to place or to win or anywhere in our tickets. But uh, anyway, I think doggone lucky's got a big shot. Look at the big two year old year this horse had $500,000. Obviously, is still on the snide looking for his first win, but uh, I think number seven, doggone lucky with Dave Miller's got. Got a big shot for uh, one of the great trainers in our game, Mike Chuck Sylvester. It's Keystone Classic time, Mike, at the Meadows on a Saturday, $39,933. We kick it off with the first race, and it's a field of six going postward, and it's a field of two-year-old Philly trotters. Mike, I'm not a big fan of one-to-nine trotters, and you know that. <laughs> in here, name Larry's bid. I, you know, I, I can't go with... Uh, Listen, I can just go with a political statement here, but I think Hillary's bid has got a big shot. Um, she has won two starts already this year, hit the board three times, just made over $17,000. But, Mike, easy passer. If you can get seven to two on this horse, you've seen this horse before. Easy passer's got a shot as well. Well, we just have to hope that Hillary's bid don't get deleted, and we have to hope that Hillary's bid has the strength and the stamina to compete with these. Grand Terror from the inside, and that's my lone joke of the day. Grand Terror from the inside, in my opinion, Mike, is the horse to beat. This horse was very, very impressive at Aaron's Philadelphia, and uh, I know the time doesn't look good, but I'll tell you what, the conditions that day were terrible. So I think Grant Terra's got a shot from the inside uh, in, uh, in to win that one. I think this horse is obviously peaking. Uh, Linda Toscano's barn has been very, very solid. Marcus Miller's been feeling it. We might have to get Marcus Miller on the show. You know, I can't believe we haven't had Marcus Miller on this show yet. Hmm. I can't believe it. But anyway, uh, Grant Terra is my pick there in that field of six to start the Keystone Classic uh, on Saturday afternoon at the Meadows. Next group of Keystone Classic horses is the two-year-old Philly Pacers. 
Institute. The first of three divisions for a purse of $37,133. Pit Stop Danica is coming off a sixth-place effort. Look how fast this horse closed home, 26-4, and four, and still finished six, missing by six and a half lengths to Roaring to Go and a wash. Mike, another horse that really looked, really has been looking sharp It didn't have the best um, international stallion was B-String. Zane Hanover is coming off a very strong victory in 150-4. and four. I think Zane Hanover would be the horse to beat. Mike, 7-2, to two, there's no shot this horse is going off at 7-2. to two. I absolutely agree with you, Mike. I think Zane Hanover, in my opinion, is clearly the one to beat. And we talked about Irv Miller and Marcus Miller. And look at the last line, Mike, on Zane Hanover. October 8th, and what were the odds? 93 to 1. Are you kidding me? You're not going to get 93 to 1 today. You're probably not going to get 93 to 1 ever on Zane Hanover, but I think she is the one to beat. You get first time Dave Colon on pit stop Danica, who, in my opinion, has had her struggles. I think Zane Hanover is coming into her own. And I'll tell you what, if you get 7 to 2 on Zane Hanover, run, don't walk to the windows. 82. It's two-year-old Philly pacing division number two of three. Agent Q is coming off a uh, decent effort in the Liberty Bell, coming home at 26 and three off a 152 and four mile mic. But you saw this horse in the Pennsylvania Stakes Championships, and this horse drew off and won easily over Idyllic Beach, who is no slouch at that. I think Agent Q, if you and this is another one, if you can get seven to two on Agent Q, I think uh, you're gonna be doing all right for yourself. Well, who's the horse that beat her last time is right back in this one, Bazooka from post seven. I mean, this is a horse that, uh, you know, set a pretty solid tempo last time. Wasn't like she rated. I mean, she did get the 29th second quarter, and then she get to the 29th third quarter. Well, I guess she did rate that middle half. But anyway, she was able to hold nicely, still able to come home in 27. And this is obviously a race where it's uh, the, the trip is going to set. Now, here's the interesting thing, Mike. You've got Scott Zero on Agent Q for the first time. Dave Miller has been driving this horse uh, pretty much for her entire young career. So what does that tell you from a handicapping point of view? I like familiarity in two-year-olds. I like Dave Pilon. I'm going to stick with number seven bazooka in that one. Two-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters are up next. It's the fourth race, Keystone Classic, per $52,100. And Mike, it's a wide-open field of Trotters, but give it gas and go for tra- trainer John Bootenshane. Looks like the horse lead here. Seven for nine this year, eight for nine, and, and hitting the board over $200,000 made. This is my single. Yeah, we better use it as a single. No, uh, I honestly, I think she, this horse is, is just huge. I mean, when you go back to that 56-2 and two effort, and I asked Tom uh, Janes and I asked Ed O'Connor about this give a gas and go effort, this 156-2. and two. Now, the lifetime mark for this two-year-old is 156. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, on the 29th of September at Harris, Philadelphia, and this is something that you're only going to hear right here on this very show, the conditions were as bad as you're going to get. And I'm going to tell you, we're talking about a 35 to 40 mile per hour headwind in the backstretch. That's what we're talking about. Um, and it was raining. It was nasty. And give it kiss and go, in my opinion, just put on a complete clinic there. And uh, this horse had all the potential in the world. Uh, so give it gas and go, in my opinion, will have no, no trouble overcoming the eight. And if you can get five to two, if you can get five to two, run, don't walk. Apparently, folks, that's going to be his new line, run, don't walk. 
Squad Division of the two-year-old Philly Pages rated for five purse, thirty-seven thousand one hundred thirty-three dollars. And Mike Big City Betty is the five to two morning line choice. But I'm going to go with a little bit of a price on Beach Club, eight to one, who's been racing very consistently as of late. Only hit the board twice in 2016, but you know, really put in a decent effort uh, against this group. Again, excuse me, against Liberty Bell Company. Came home in 28 and 2 off a 155 and 3 mile. I think Beach Club could potentially, and, and I, I'm sitting here looking at Beach Club going, why the heck do I like this horse? I'm talking, I mean to be talking about the seven, Caviar Cherry, who has been racing consistently. You see the thirds, the seconds, the fourths. So Caviar Cherry is actually the horse that I like here. I raced really well, came home in 26 seconds flat in the uh, International Stallion at Lexington. Raced well in the bluegrass. I think that Caviar Cherry is going to be a uh, decent price at 8-1. to one. You know, I'm going to tell you what. You talked. You were saying you were talking about Beach Club, but you were talking about Caviar and Cherry. But here's, uh, but here's the thing. Beach Club, I think, is it does have a pretty decent shot. This horse made a huge move last time and just was not able to get the job done in Harris, Philadelphia, and the Liberty Bell come up a little bit short there, still closing home in 28-2. Now you get Tony Hall on the bike. And by the way, Tony Hall is closing in. Everybody's closing in on a milestone. Tony Hall is closing in on a milestone, too. Uh, so... I think Beach Club does have an opportunity in there, Mike. But, yeah, you're right. Caviar Cherry. Noel Daly has been very, very good with you. He's got a good young crop. And Caviar Cherry has been going very good against some woman somewhere who was a very strong winner last time. We talked about that horse a little bit last week, Mike. However, I do, and I'm telling you right now, you have to keep a very close eye on Irv Miller's stable because Irv Miller's stable seems to be coming together sweet and toxic. Uh, an even effort last time. I wouldn't call it a great effort, but an even effort last time, closing in 28-3 against Rockette, who just missed against some omen somewhere at Lexington last time out. But sweet and toxic is a couple weeks off. Draws the inside. Could be in line for a good trip. I know she's a maiden. She's looking for her first win. But uh, I'll tell you what. These two-year-olds get better really, really quick. From week to week, they could jump in form big time. So keep an eye on her. Race number eight, two-year-old Colton Gelltrotter, second of two divisions per $1,700. And, Mike, you said something about the Irv Miller stable. They're back again. Post number one, equestrian connection or connection. I guess this okay, I see it. Equestrian connection because they put the X right in the middle. They they like to trip us announcers up. I'm telling you, man. So you know, I think Equestrian connect, Connection has a good shot from the inside. Uh, Soho Hanover uh, has a ton of early speed. The problem I have with Soho Hanover is the fact that this horse likes to fade. That is a big big problem at two years old. Well, it could be, Mike, and that's certainly a good uh, observation. You know, Simply Follow, I think, is a very interesting horse here. And Scott Zeron, by the way, we talked about him. He's getting a lot of live drives uh, on this particular card. Uh, Simply Follow was used hard last time at Lexington, uh, then got back into the pocket, used again at the top of the stretch, and uh, just missed Devious Man uh, in 28-1 there. I think that was a pretty good race for Simply Follow. I think this horse is working up to a big-time effort. John Bootenchain, we've talked about how great John Bootenchain is with young horses. He's got another one, Wyagram Hanover, starting from post four, who hasn't been able to keep flat. But I think six simply Volo has a big shot in here, Mike. Race number, I can't figure out the mute button. It's funny because we could sit here and laugh at each other now because we see it actually happen because we're right in front of each other. Two-year-old Colton Gelding Basers, first of three divisions, purse $42,066. John Daly, I know that name rings a bell to you. John Daly is a golfer or was a golfer. Uh, 
not best, not the best golfer, but a decent golfer. But Dragon Dragnet Alert, Mike, for trainer Chris Oaks uh, is coming off a very strong victory in one forty nine and two. This could be a tough horse to beat. Yeah, I can't get this thing to work either. Um, <laughs> you know what? Next time we're going to be doing this, we're going to use one microphone. We're just going to put it in the middle of the table, and that's going to be it. Anyway, uh, yeah, you bring up a good point about that horse. Photobomber Hanover from the Photobomber Hanover from the inside. The horse, I think, that does have an opportunity. A good win, two starts back in fifty-three and two. A closing second last time to Eddard Hanover, a good young horse that. I think uh, could be very, very good when he turns three or four. But uh, Aaron Merriman picks up the drive. I think this horse is in a good position to get a good trip. You have a small field, only six horses in this race. Photobomber Hanover for the uh, Howard Taylor, Sukafosh, Tom Fanning connection for me. Race 10, two-year-old Colton Gelding, Pacers for the Keystone. Mike, a wide open field here. The favoritism goes to the one summer side, but I'm looking for a little bit more consistency here. And Southwind Yukon presents that. Now, the win by 11 was in a qualifier, but the went 54 and 3 and came right back and won by six and a quarter lengths over, I don't, I, I don't want to say a nothing field, but it was a non winners of one pair mutual race. I think Southwind Yukon could be the horse to beat here. I'm going to give you a, a horse, I think. That uh, is got is very very close to being a lock, especially in this wide open field, and that's Bellows Binge. He closed like an angry horse. As a matter of fact, if you get the sports site, check out my comments on this horse. I think I may have said something like closing like an angry, horse, something like that. And and I'm gonna tell you right now, near steps past the line, he was ahead of him. I think Bellows Binge has a huge opportunity if he could string that effort together. Um, you know. The horse did try to show a little bit of speed at the end of June and the beginning of July with some limited success, perhaps not as tough competition. So I'd like to see this horse show a little bit more speed. Dan Rawlings back in the bike uh, for uh, number three, Bellows Binge, who had a fifth place finish against very tough Pennsylvania Science Stakes competition that included Normandy Beach and Town by the Seaside, who's looked very, very good, and Summerside. So three, Bellows Binge, I think, is golden in this race. Golden. Race number 11 is the $42,066 Keystone Classic, another wide-open field. But Eddard Hanover is a strong, strong favorite. I think, Mike, this is going to be a very tough horse to beat as well. Was third in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Constellation right there at Harris, Philadelphia. The problem I have here, though, is picks up driver Mike Wilder. There's no Yannick Jingra here. No, there's not, and the mute button did work on mine this time. By the way, we, got, we might have to get a refund on these or something. The mute buttons are just yeah. terrible on here. Boy, oh, boy, I'll tell you what. The chart writer at Harris Philadelphia, Ralph, he probably wish I had a mute button like this on at, uh, in my uh, announcing headset at Harris Philly. But uh, <laughs> Eddard Hanover, and this is the horse that we just mentioned, okay? We mentioned the horse Bellows Binge a couple of starts back uh, that uh, beat Eddard Hanover last time in a big-time closing effort at 80-1. to 1. Now here we go with Eddard Hanover again facing down by the seaside, who has just been lights out the last couple of starts, has raced very good second or third. Two to one on the board. Mike Wilder gets the drive. I think three. Eddard Hanover has a huge opportunity in this race. Huge. All right, we're going to skip Yonkers because we're going to be at the International Cup, but we do want to let you know that records from the New York State Gaming Commission are available via our Twitter page. They're also available via Harness Racing America's Twitter page, the New York State Gaming Commission's Twitter page. You can go there and you can see what the horses have been treated with over the past 72 hours. It's very interesting to see who is treated for dehydration, who is treated for soreness, and things like that. So it'll definitely, uh, it could definitely help in the handicapping process. We've got four races left to go. Race one is Harris Philadelphia on the 
We're going to try to make as quick and easy as we can. I said Diamonds Mike is back here in Harris, Philadelphia after a uh, three-quarter length victory um, at the Meadows. Uh, we won't have the jug yet, but uh, was sixth in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes final. I think I said Diamonds uh, could get a good trip here, but I said please just to that horse's outside uh, also has a shot if you ask yeah, I said Diamonds is obviously the best in here. I think uh, if she brings her end game, she's going to be very good. Uh, 51 and 1 Meadows after the scratch at the Jughead. She's good. All right, we're going to go to the next division of the Johnson Memorial. It's a field of three year old Colton Gelding Pacers. It's race number three. Hey, I hope Jason Settlemore is listening because Settlemore is in this field uh, of horses. But Endeavor on the outside, Mike, has been racing against uh, Excelsior A Series. And for those of you who, just, who don't know what that is, it's a step just below the New York Stair Stakes, has been dominating uh, against that group. And uh, listen, why against the Sire Stakes Company? This for 45,000, two starts and defeated everybody by seven lengths and 149 and three. Endeavor looks like the horse to beat here. Yeah, certainly. I absolutely agree with you. More Dragon from the inside has been very, very tough, though. A very good one last time, closing up, at, uh, closing home in sub-27 at the Meadows, a winner of uh, three of his last five. You know, Better Memories is an interesting horse, too, because you never really know how these horses uh, are going to come from Canada and acclimate to the States. And this is a horse, obviously, that had no, absolutely no striking position last time. A good third-place finish last time to a horse arsenic who's been able to put it together as of late. So maybe better memories with Dave Miller. And the only time Dave Miller drove this horse was a winner. So you have to be careful when Dave Miller gets on a horse when he's either on for the first time or it's been quite a while. So I'm going to try better memories at a price. Now, I'm, I'm boycotting race five in here in Philadelphia. When you see it, you'll understand why. Race five is the John Simpson Memorial. It's the three-year-old Colton Gelling Pacers. You're, lo- you're looking at it like with that crazy look, like you don't know what I'm talking about. Please, you're sh- you're, now you know. No show wagering. That's in that race. My victory has been absolutely dominating over the past couple of starts. Um, raced in the um, Battle of Brandywine Consolation and finished fifth, missing by nine lengths. But Mike, this is a, uh, I, I think this is a wide, wide open field. I think the five ideal Jimmy for uh, driver Marcus Miller, trainer Irv Miller has got a, the biggest shot here. Yeah, ideal Jimmy, I think, is probably the best in here. This horse uh, won very, very nicely. Michael's victory has uh, obviously been very good, a winner of three straight. But uh, I think ideal Jimmy is certainly the one to beat. I mean, a couple of starts back, lost to Boston Red Rocks, trying to come from off the pace. By the way, welcome back, Boston Red Rocks. Last start, uh, ideal Jimmy was able to take him all the way, come home in 27 and 352 flat. Marcus Center, if we've talked to We've talked about how big and huge that stable has been. So, yeah, I think five ideal Jimmy is certainly the one to beat here, hoping to get three to one. All right. And the last race we're going to go over is the John Simpson Memorial in race number nine to field the three-year-old Philly Pacers. And Mike Wishy-Washy Girl won easily in the New York Sire Stakes final by two lengths over Diamond Dance, who's a world record holder uh, two. And American Ivy, but the other horse you got to kind of look out for here is Newborn Sassy on the outside. Newborn Sassy um, was first in Liberty Bell uh, by four and three quarter lengths, dead here with terror at the night. And uh, look, I said please in that race. I think Newborn Sassy has got a shot, but I'm going to go with Wishy Washy Girl. 
Well, I'm going to the outside with Newborn Sassy. I mean, this is a two-to-one morning line favorite. Obviously, I think that uh, this horse is going to get a lot of wagering attention. Does pretty much every time she goes to post. Uh, she finished second to Liz Patty, who is uh, really coming to her own as of late. And the Keystone Classic at the Meadows, a huge win a couple of starts back, uh, and then a huge win four starts back. So I think Newborn Sassy from the eight is certainly the one to beat in this one, Mike. All right. Well, we've taken you around the horn just as much as we can. We will see you on Saturday, Mike Bozer. See everybody on Saturday at the Yonkers International Trot. He's putting his finger up. He's got something to say for it. You missed you missed one, buddy. There's another one more Simpson, the eleventh race. Oh my goodness! Look at this. Uh, and I'm uh, three-year-old Colton Gilding. <laughs> and there's oh well, there's no show wagering. That's why you tried to get out of it. Um, <laughs> um, real quick though, another daily copy has been very good. I've really liked this horse. Uh, as this horse uh, kind of went along, a good two starts uh, in a row, one, then had the good third place, finished the more dragon. I think another good copy is the one to beat here. And then you get then you get second time Dave Miller. Dave Miller's on this horse, two starts back and was able to win. And was able to win. Could you say it any fa- I love it, man. You can do it just as quick as you Listen, so we're going to see everybody on Saturday. Mike, we got some prizes to give away on Saturday. Um, we've got some fun things to give away. Um, come by our table and see us. We'll be glad to shake and kiss some babies and just kind of, you know, talk with everybody. And, <laughs> you know, it's the same. Shake some hands and kiss some babies, not shake some babies. We're not shaking no babies. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so – you throw me off when you do. No, I'm just kidding. So we're going out there Saturday. We're going to do our live remote. Uh, Alex Dedoyan and all that. those folks will uh, be with us. We're going to have Brandon Balvo on the show. We're going to talk Montreal Teague a little bit. And uh, we are going to start covering it 245. Our expert pick five selections will be available on our web- website beginning tomorrow afternoon. I'm actually going to be uh, working on that tomorrow uh, while we're at Harris, Philadelphia. It's going to be a great, great day of live racing. Actually, we're going to cover seven. 8, 9, 10, and 11. That'll cover the two $250,000 Invitationals, the $1 million Yonkers International Trot, and the two mile-and-a-quarter trots that are also encompassed in that uh, European. We have a bunch of prizes to give away. Stop by and see us. We'll have some post time with Mike and Mike Gear to give out, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So for Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. We will see you on Saturday. Again, the first post, 245. Night.